0: You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn reclar. Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Science of Superpowers. I'm really excited to have you back again today. We have David Charleston with us. David, you want to say hello to everyone? Hello, everyone. Brilliant. (laughs) He's going to share all of his brilliant wisdom with us here soon. We're going to be talking all about living in. Flow, right. That holy grail of the, the personal development, the self-actualization, that self-sovereignty, right? Living in flow, being able to, as I like to say, free flow through the field, right? And your little intention craft. And then you got it all dialed in. You got your creative energy going. You got your creative power going. You know how to access your creative intelligence and you're off and running, right? That is the goal here, folks. It is possible. Well, it's not everybody's goal, but it can be the goal. And if it's your goal, this is going to be a really great conversation for you. You, but how do you carry all of that the 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 Im- those amazing moments when we can tap into the field and that flow space how do we actually live in them so that's today's conversation with david here so but before we get started into that piece of it we're going to ask david our pivotal question what are your superpowers and how do you use them for good
0: I'll t- I'll start with just a really brief story. W- when I go places, people come up to me and confess things to me, and so I, and it's been happening my whole life. Like to the point where I'm like, "Why are you telling me this?" You know, I've had I've had people that are high up in military start telling me their frontline war stories, and and so I I I was kind of confused, and then as I went after understanding what's my superpower, I realized. That um people would say you're a safe place, but then I had to actually own it and say, No, I'm actually safety. Um, and, and safe places can feel dangerous to people, right? A safe place means I can I can tell truth. And telling truth often has been a scary thing for people to do. So people tell me the truth, they they confess their trauma, and then right on the back end of it is their is their true identity. It's who they really are, what, what they really want to flow in. So I would say my superpower is I'm safety. Mm. Beautifully
1: said. I I had to giggle a little bit. I remember I had a kind of a feisty moment when I was a agent and I looked at my counterpart and I was like, dude, do I have on my forehead? Tell me your secrets. It's like... <laughs> He stopped speaking because, you know, in that world, especially people just start disclosing stuff, like that was a longer report I was having to write. And I'm like, <laughs> just, <laughs> please, I don't really want all this information." Oh my goodness! And so, yeah, that that, that I had a little moment there. You took me back, um, it, and it's beautiful, right? It's that receptivity, and in the energetic space, and as we understand our our designs and how we interact and the fact that we are really connected, there's always this beautiful interplay of receptivity. And when people are receptive to, to us, right. And are willing to reflect and to be, and to sort of set themselves aside essentially. And, and it becomes, um, you know, that practice becomes really the being in the space with somebody else, like knowing yourself in the connection um, is a really beautiful gift to others, um, and to yourself, because it allows for the dissolving of the of the separation, right, of that which kind of gets in the way of us sometimes, and it gives us the space to say, wow, I see me, and you, and you, me. and me, um, and that gives us more puzzle pieces to kind of sort through, right, when we enjoin together, we've got not just double the amount, but exponentially more, because of the creative principles that happen between mm-hmm. us, where two or more of us gather in light and love. There are exponential forces available on you know, to work on our behalf, and and so what you're speaking to is is beautiful on on so many different dimensional <laughs> levels of 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 simply like being a kind human of allowing someone a space to say. Wow, this is what's real for me, right? Creating a space where people are comfortable being themselves. That's that's unique um, in today's world as we as we kind of strive for our 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 virtual avatars, right? To develop our virtual avatars as as as, as, as much as we want to so that we can hide behind them. You know, I know a lot of a lot of us are endeavoring to, to let that light shine through those virtual avatars and and it's and 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 that's when we connect on the phone on zoom you know um it's through social media whatever it is any of us that have the ability and the willingness to allow that light to shine through those virtual avatars is right it's brilliant and so when so the fact that you can embody that and create a space where people can really tap into that um is certainly beautiful. and then and then you use this in your work with others, right working um with execs that you coach. talk a little bit about um how you got into doing that work.
0: um yeah, I started when I was uh, in the mortgage business and uh, I had a radical spiritual encounter with with Jesus in a dream and um And then nothing made sense after that. It was just a big awakening. and
1: um, That's kind of the promise there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Inside out,
0: instantly. um, (laughs) And then suddenly the way I did work in the mortgage business needed to transform. It just, I didn't fit. And so what happened was I noticed more and more people. um, I started to see patterns because people would undress financially before me when they they would come to get a mortgage. And I just started to see the patterns. And I realized the patterns weren't based on principles. They were based on the person's... um, a lot of them were heart issues and so i started having longer sessions with people as i would take their application we'd start talking about their heart so that developed into a coaching practice that was my first coaching practice that was like 22 years ago um and then those patterns i just kept seeing more and more patterns and i kept wanting to understand okay why do we do these things that we know principally don't make sense but we're still kind of compulsively doing things that aren't helpful to us, whether they be financial or emotional or whatever. Um, So that's how it got started. Um, It evolved to a point where um, I just continually wanted to help myself and others. And I wanted to know the truth about what actually stops us from becoming fully who we are. Mm. And I didn't want to just become a confessional. I wanted to actually be a transform. I wanted that safe place to be a transformative space. So, that's led me to my coaching practice today it's taken me to some pretty crazy um clients meaning um i i I'll, can i share one example as we have absolutely time for so i i um i had a i started i started coaching creatives down in la and i had this gentleman referred to me um and i, I have permission to share his name he's passed away um, his name was Busby. and uh, someone said yeah he's a songwriter and i thought well i don't know anything about songwriting I, i'm not a songwriter Um, well it turns out he was a record producer songwriter and wrote for anybody you can think of in country music like he was a very prolific and um he'd grown to the point in stature where his business acumen um had kind of gotten in the way of his creativity and he'd lost connection to that childlike space that i think Mm. um and so he'd gone he'd burned through five coaches and basically said i'm gonna be tough you're not gonna like coaching me and i said whatever and um we 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 got him back to what the spark of his creativity was and he, his quest was he wanted to get back he actually wanted he wanted he knew his gift was solid but he felt like he'd gotten old and 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 lot and his business acumen was overtaking his creativity and he missed co-creating with people mm-hmm. and so i dared him to when we boiled it down it was he just he the way he described it was when I'm with a musician and something beautiful and new comes out that is new for the world that actually rises to the top of the charts it's because I'm a really good friend to them that's (laughs) the way he described it it's just like two really good friends hanging out like like high school kids or kids that play together so I dared him to go there again and he did um and he won like he won the country music album of the year um, but the, the part I'll never forget is I, I would get him crying and he'd say, I've done this before. I've cried before I've, <laughs> but, but you don't understand Dave, when I go out into the real music world, I'm going to get, it's, it's fierce out there that the, the, they, they demand things. And I just said, I dare you to hold this space that you have right now. Cause he was getting ready Beautiful. to go to lunch with two record producers. I said, I dare you to hold this space that you're in, <laughs> this flow space you're in. And just you don't even have to talk about it. Just hold it during the lunch. Don't put on the business acumen mask. Just hold it. And he called me after lunch, and he said, "I had two record executives crying at lunch, and these people don't cry in front of me." Beautiful. Um, so <laughs> that, that I feel like kind of illustrates what I'm talking about when you have that safe place and you're in flow. It, 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 and oh. and you dare to believe like a child again that it that it can withstand the pressure of whatever.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant story, David. And, and, and the concept of giving that vulnerable space, right. And then encouraging vulnerability. I, you know, that's part of the write up folks. If you're, if you're loving what David's talking about, get over to davidcharlesoncoaching.com. We'll have a link for you on the interview page. The, um, because what he's talking about is that vulnerability, right. And we see that in today's world. And it is actually the key to living in flow is the willingness to say, I'm not going to do it like everything else is. Excuse me, especially when that everything else isn't getting you what you want. And that's really key is is Dave, Dave, you said something really, really very, very profound, right? But it is, I believe the element that holds people back. And it's the willingness to not do things the way you think you're expected to do them. Because what we find is that nobody's really expecting that. It's just nobody ever does anything different. And so it becomes this kind of normed conditioning. And if none of us stop to question it, even when we're the repeated behaviors repeatedly create situations that we don't want, the simple courage to stop and go, wait, hold on, what are we doing? And And, and especially in this situation where um, that process, I call it kind of auditing your life is like, wait, when did it work? And what was going on there? And what what's not happening now? And what I find with a lot of clients is that something brilliant will happen. And then the mind, the human reasoning wants to go back and figure out how did this happen? But as we've discussed between us a lot, is that the the variables, the details, the things that have to kind of piece together in order for these miraculous things to occur are far too numerous and nuanced for the human mind to get in the moment as is experiencing it. So we do the life review thing. We're like, oh, this is how this happened. Therefore, if I do this, 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 and this again, this is how we think. This will happen, but we forget that we didn't do it in the first place. We didn't contemplate it in the first. We didn't plan it in the first place. It wasn't us in terms of the avatar that's taking those steps forward. It was something else. And and when we kind of expand that something else out to include other people and and how others work and, and this real beautiful sort of surreal aspect of the field, this energetic um co-creative space that we all share, the ability to predict how things are going to co-create is is impossible for the single individual because it requires all of us, right there, there are too many details to kind of put together. but our minds think we understand what happened and and we think well that's how we do it. And then even though we put that emotion and it doesn't work and it doesn't work and it doesn't work, we still think that's how it should work. And now that creates a really beautiful space for self-judgment, right? For mm-hmm. doubts. and it's like, wait, why are we doing this insanity, right? And it's it's simply the program that we have because we believe that it's up to us. Mm-hmm. And, and despite all the evidence to the contrary that these beautiful things happen in these co-creative spaces that we couldn't have predicted, we certainly didn't plan for, we think we did it. And so as you're working with clients and helping them see this, um what tips do you have for them for kind of um that childlike space, like let's say people like yeah, 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 whatever. How do they get back there?
0: Um so I do something called the essence exercise um and it it's 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 really simple. You, it's a 360 um Exercise where they get feedback from their friends and family, whoever they choose, and, and it's a it's a it's a list of positive human character traits. So you have, uh, and so they end up with this mosaic of positive human character traits. And then I ask some qualifying questions and help them dance with these words that describe them that came from others. Um, and then we go to what I call the third space, and this is really like the core of my work. So. Um, so I'm on the call with them, and I'm, I'm I know my space as well as I know it. I'm still learning about my space. I'm still learning my superpower. I, it's I feel like it's infinite. And it goes on forever. So I don't I don't want to box myself. Um, I, I I notice them. I'm listening to these words, and then I, I I basically say there's nothing for us to do right now except tap in, mm-hmm. and, and and then and then something's going to emerge. Uh, we take these usually thirty or. Thirty-five words, and and narrow them down to eight words. And some of the words they're comfortable with, some of the words they're not. But they they've they've gone through a process, and then usually a phrase or a pattern or or uh, a, an image, something gets pulled from from the divine into this moment, and I call it an anchor. And it just it's it's really just a portal that is for now that allows them and it and we'll know it's right because it's super meaningful and it and it changes the person's frequency and all of a mm-hmm. sudden they're like oh my gosh mm. and then i have them I have them, just, I have them write a who statement like well based on that who are you and what kind of space do you create so we start there um and then so once that space is established and they have kind of a new fresh perspective on themselves it's um then the, to your point, the co-creation space is: Hey, when when you go out into the world after we get off the phone, spend some time anchoring into that reality that you just you just rediscovered that just got refreshed. Like find an anchor, find a video, find a music, find things that that bring that alive in you. And then when you're with people, pay attention to what's happening in their space. So it's kind of like a Venn diagram where there's me, there's you, and there's the space all around us that's big, mm-hmm. really big. And then there's this third space, and there's this overlap that's just waiting to be discovered. It's like sitting there with mm. mass potentiality, Beautiful. and um, you can do that uh, with friends, with family, with your spouse. Um, I call it the third space, and all it takes is one person to point attention to it, and then it, and then, and then if, if mm. it's a group, it, it, it's powerful. So brilliant, yeah, yeah. I call it the third space exercise.
1: It's it's it actually matches up with the exercise that we teach people on how do, how you um, harmonize differences right within yourself within relationships. It's the trinitization process where we have these contradictions inside of us, but most of us aren't capable of holding contradictions because it it, it competes with a conditioning that we have. And so once we've matured enough or developed enough to be able to acknowledge contradictions inside of us and say I am this and I am this my big aha with that was when I realized I held the contradiction of wholeheartedly believing in creation and wholeheartedly believing in evolution. <laughs> and it was like, wait, hold up. Everybody's trying to tell me I can't hold both of those. I'm like, but I absolutely do in some capacity, mm. not even realizing that created some cognitive dissonance inside of me until I came to enough a level of awareness till I, I was could see myself kind of going back and forth. And then we started playing with that in our relationship and our marriage. And I, and I watched Justin and I have a, almost the exact same conversation, but arguing it from exact opposite viewpoint. So mm-hmm. I hear my words coming out of his mouth that I was just arguing the day before whenever it was. And I'm like, okay, we can't obviously feel very strongly about the positions we're holding. If we're giving them, them up that quickly, <laughs> what's happening here. And I started playing with these countermeasures and these push pull mechanisms that occur between us. And when we when we understand those, we see they're actually inside of us, and we can and we can manage them there. We manage them by saying I'm I'm both, right? I'm both. And then when you come out of that, that's that trinitization. I am the container that contains both, essentially. I am the being that contains both. It's tremendously freeing, um, and we don't even realize that we're stuck in this kind of push pull countermeasure thing within ourselves because society says we need to know who we are right? We Mm -hmm. need to be a specific way. We need to say, I am this, like you said, I'm not going to box myself in. Like I'm all of these things. Mm -hmm. I'm all the superpowers, all of them. Mm -hmm. I may not have discovered all of them. Maybe I haven't mastered all of them, but I believe that I have infinite potentiality and I'm in the process of developing into it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it's, you know, changing the dialogue from like, Oh, I'm a Leo to like, Oh, I can be all 12 Zodiac signs. Mm -hmm. This just happens to be, you know, predisposition when we were doing our superpower design work, we could we could pretty well guide people in, in in superpowers that they were predisposed to, but it's like that's just your avatar, like that that's mm-hmm. just like base level existence here. Mm-hmm. Like what about the advanced courses and really superseding that and that process of trinitization, folks? You can call it whatever you want to call it, but it is it is essentially taking almost two competing elements or or, or just different elements and saying I can be both. And then sitting in that realization, and that allows the field, it allows that flow space to move through you and say, okay, who am I as all of this? Mm -hmm. And it continually expands you out. And when you're able to do that, that is that experience of living in flow, right? Imagine your best prayer session, your best meditation, your best journey ever in connection and flow but literally all the time. And and it seems impossible. Yeah, yeah, Tonya, but what about real life? And what about this and that? And it's not that things don't get to you, but that becomes who you are. The other things become the blips, right? It kind of tilts the scale a little bit, Mm -hmm. normalizing the bigness and brilliance of ourselves and and accepting that this over here is just the conditioning. This starts to to be like, almost feel like a fun house. Like it's like, Mm you know, these like, this makes no sense anymore, right? This version of reality that, that most of us were raised to believe as the only one. And that's that. those are the steps necessary to really live into this stuff because it does require countering everything you thought to be true. Mm-hmm. So that can be alarming. How can people manage that in their own space when their lives and the people around it um, aren't really supporting that, right? They're not yeah. changing with them. What yeah. can people do there?
0: Yeah, so n- number 1 I think um you ha- you have to find creative ways and let and and a lot of these come spontaneously to anchor into that reality you're talking about, the, the bigger reality where where you're not your conditioned self, right? Like you're not you're not um and what I find is interesting is that um initially when you get awakened to it, there's this displacement process that happens where to to, to some of the old has to kind of go and it can come up through your conscious mind and it can try to tell you these patterns are who i am and they they really kind of get intensified um so to answer your question though how do you do it when you don't have the support um you, you number one you you need to learn healthy vulnerability and healthy vulnerability is let's say i'm let's say i'm sharing something with you and you're You're just trying to shut it down or forgive me. I'm making you really uncomfortable with the stuff I'm sharing. You're like, I I only know you this way, David. Please (laughs) stop. You're freaking me out. I'm like, hey, all I need to do is listen right now. I don't need advice. Mm. Um, I, I know I might be making you uncomfortable. I can actually train you to be a healthy, vulnerable space. You may not be able to step up. I might have to find someone else to do it with. But I often find when people have this, they're like, there's no one around that I talk to like you. They'll say there's nobody. I'm like, who do you have in your life that you're talking to like me? When they say nobody, I'm like, that's a problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you, there are people all around you that have that that have more capacity than you realize, and you have to just, mm-hmm. you have to be brave enough to go. You'll be shocked when you share this stuff where someone that you thought was you perceive them a certain way, and they actually have empathy. They actually can. can meet. So you don't put it all in one person. Spread it around. Um, and, and, and <laughs> share then, the well. And then understand that you're the steward of your own healthy vulnerability. So you're going to have to get a little bit of tough skin and just, um, and, but you will, you will very quickly find people that want to cheer you on that want to support you. They're all right. around, um, but you have to have the courage to put it out there and then attract those people into your life.
1: Well, I love that. I love the concept of healthy vulnerability and it, and it, it is understanding our boundaries and what we really want and, and not just accepting what comes, but rather acknowledging like it is, it's it's determined a lot by how we're being, right? And if we're not giving people a chance with that vulnerability, but we're we're kind of testing and staying right above that vulnerable line. And then we're when we get their reaction, remember those countermeasures, when we get those back, it feels like rejection to our vulnerable selves. But if we're honest, that vulnerable self really never showed itself, right? right? It was wanting to know, are you going to be safe for me to show myself? And a lot of times that triggers other people's things because now they know they're being handled or manipulated or tested or whatever. Right. And these are the nuances folks of, of these subtle arts. We're talking about vibrational levels. We're talking about stuff that, that for the most part, we don't really discuss a lot in normal society, but we're starting to. So it's going to be awkward. It's going to feel weird, right? It's, And a lot of it's just like, hey, this has been happening for me. What about you, right? And and the more you're willing to share, you find out there's a lot of commonalities, almost inexplicable commonalities. Like, wait, at 9.05, you had this experience and I had this experience. Like, wait, hold up. Like, how did that happen? And we start to remember we're way more interconnected than we realize. So you're never alone in this. If you're looking for a process that you can walk yourself through, make sure you get over to superpowerexperts.com. Because what we encourage in those moments when those little blips come up like that and and you can't run to David, you know, when you can't run to your coach, when you need that sort of continuity factor. Right. And you don't maybe you don't have somebody right there. You haven't cultivated those relationships, knowing how to sit in that discomfort Mm -hmm. for yourself and how to move that is very valuable. It doesn't replace the beauty and the brilliance of of these co-creative spaces when, when two or more of us come together and love to share But it is a great tool for when you don't have that available. And so you can create that space for yourself with the creator, with creation, with God, with energy, whatever, however you view that to be able to find that peace and that comfort for yourself is really powerful. And then maybe you feel a little bit more encouraged and strengthened to go out and develop those relationships, to ask for what you're really wanting and to look for relationships that can provide that. David, brilliant, brilliant knowledge. Make sure you again that you're getting over to David's website and checking him out. David Charleston Coaching. I'll spell that out: D A V I D C H A R L S O N C O A C H I N G dot com. Get over there and check out his work um, and, and see what he's up up to. If you're looking for somebody to coach with, um, those are services that he's offered. Dave, what what advice do you have for people as, as they're as they're moving forward into their life and wanting to live and flow?
0: I think it's one thing that's not talked about because um, enough is in my own life. I call it groaning. Um, There's (laughs) there's a verse in the Bible I like where it says that the Holy Spirit groans in wordless intercession when we don't know what to say. And I think a lot of the trapped pain, a lot of the trauma, a lot of it. The only way really to get it out. And you're talking about just sitting in that place is just to be real with it and and release it. To find that there's a million ways to release pain, right? There's so many different modalities, but ultimately, it's like making a commitment. I'm I'm not my trauma. I was severely traumatized when I was little, and my journey has been to understand I am not that trauma. That that, yeah. that trauma got in me, and some of it still masks itself as me, but it's ultimately it's part of my journey it's it 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 it, and it's a beautiful part of my journey but it's like you know the more trauma I release and the the more so some days I have a day where just some an echo from the past comes and it just feels like that's all I am and I Mm. it's like acute pain when when you have acute pain it feels like it's going to be chronic pain and most of the time it's not most of the time acute pain resolves itself sometimes it doesn't um but most of this pain feels chronic, but it's really acute. So it's like not freaking out, going, this is just an acute moment where something's being released. Hmm. And then getting really good at, like you said, holding that space yourself and then and then building with the healthy vulnerability. That's Beautiful. that's really the last piece of advice I give is is understanding um and that, that 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 trauma, that pain is not who you are. It is, it is just part of the journey and 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 learning how to release it
1: beautiful beautiful folks take those words to heart for sure and remember you are so much bigger than than we remember at times so much more brilliant um and that's there too no matter what you're going through that is always there as well um david thank you for being here for thank sharing you for your superpowers me. your wisdom your vulnerability um and your guidance uh on um, just how to be right how to take steps into feeling more wholly who you are um beautiful walk and i appreciate your own vulnerability with this thank you
0: Thank you very much, Tonya. Thank you.
1: And to all of you out there, thank you so much for your continued support of the show and and for for the network. We appreciate you. Remember who you are. Get over to superpowerexperts.com. Get signed up for those classes. That will help you remember in those moments when it's so hard, have that little, little guiding light that you can shine on yourself to remember and go out and develop those healthy relationships so you know you're supported in this. Folks, we love you. Love each other. Goodbye for now. Hello everyone, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today.
0: Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network.